You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Uh, Chase Brandon and myself, Greg, are, uh, are here, and we were just talking to Chase because he got back from running King's Peak um, just over the weekend, and before that, you were in the Tetons backpacking, right? Yep. So yeah. we're going to talk about his King's Peak adventure on this uh, episode, so... Tell us how this all came about, because none of us were even aware that that was on the radar, and then suddenly we just saw pictures on. I, I <laughs> didn't have a clue. Um, oh, you did? Yeah. The, I didn't. The couple days before, he said he was invited to go, but um, much like you, Greg, he ran. It's, it's an extraordinarily long distance or further distance than what he had been previously training for <laughs> yeah. and just decided to do it. Yeah. 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 You know, it's smart. It's so it's we were we were backpacking the Tetons. Um, we had a like Sunday afternoon. We we're on the trail Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I had to work on the shop Friday, Saturday. And while we we're on the trail in the Tetons, he had to put in his two two hours. Two, he had to put two, in days, two, days. two days. I, days I worked two days last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, I'm teasing, but I'm jealous. <laughs> um, one of the girls that was on this trip is she's really big into trail ultra running. Um, she's ran a couple 50s and some 50ks and stuff and she just kept saying like guys we need to do temp this weekend i'm like we're backpacking right now <laughs> you know <laughs> that was my thought but at the same time i'm like that sounds really cool so we figured out this plan that we were gonna get back thursday and leave friday night to go hit king's peak and then hiking a little bit friday night summit saturday and come out saturday so do a two-day push i got service and realized i worked friday and saturday i was like well if you want to really do this, we've got to leave Saturday after work. So I work till seven, drive to the trailhead and run it on Sunday. So what time do you get to the trailhead? So we're in Ogden and the trailhead is, uh, it's in, it's, it's in Utah, but you have to go through Wyoming. Through Wyoming. Yeah. When we met in Salt Lake, cause that's, that was like our rendezvous point. So we met in Salt Lake. Um, we probably didn't get to the trailhead till 11, 11, 1130, I'd say. And we crammed three people into the back of a little Subaru Outback. To sleep. To sleep. No tents. Um, Screw tent life. Yeah, we just, you know, spur of the moment. Last minute. Let's yeah. jump in the back of the car, right? It's easier to do that. Okay. Um, needless to say, I did not sleep at all <laughs> Saturday night. Um, also, backstory, I haven't ran in a long time. Um, if, if you listen to the first part of this podcast, I was preparing for some ultras. I made it like two and a half, three weeks into training and my IT bands just tightened up real good. And I just said, I'm just going to ride my bike. But you're That's in something shape. You ride with. your bike a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, the longest I'd ran this summer was, I think, 10 miles and felt really good, but my knees were destroyed after. Okay. And how so, long is Kings from um, the, whole, so the whole thing? My watch said 29.43 miles, um, which is 
if you know math, 19.43 miles further than I had ran. <laughs> um, so I, I was very underprepared. And this girl, has she used to run Timp every Tuesday last summer. So she's in very good shape. Timp Tuesdays. Timp Tuesdays, yep. If she's listening to this, she's probably like blushing, like, why are you talking about that? But she's so a really were, good you runner. You were trying to impress. Oh, you know, yeah. you know. Well, there's another dude there. And I just, I love pushing myself, you know. Sure. It's, it's really fun. So, so were you nervous? Um, I was a little nervous, yeah. Because I had not ran since my IT bands yeah. hurt. Just admiring your picture from there the summit. There picture on the summit. So we started out, we had a goal to leave at 6 a.m. We left at like 7, or 6.45. So we were only 45 minutes late. Um, woke up, ate some banana bread, um, hit the trail by about mile three, my right IT band was hurting and I was like, Oh my gosh, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a long day. Only 27 miles <laughs> yeah. to go. Um, by about mile five, it was kind of gone and didn't really, we just kind of kept pushing. Um, so are you like, um, you're just like jogging, right? Like this yeah, is like we were, it was, we would run the, run the flats and the downs and then kind of like speed hike the, the uphills. Yeah. Um, and then we got over Gunsight Pass and that was more of just like a walk. How was it from, um, so there's Elkhorn Crossing and then once you get to Elkhorn Crossing, which is a river crossing, <clears throat> then it starts to, you know, you start to go up in elevation a mm -hmm. little bit. Were you running? Cause it sort of flattens out and then goes up and then yeah. we, we like pretty fairly consistently would do like the run, walk, run, walk thing, mm -hmm. um, all the way up past dollar, right. till you got to like right at the base of, um, gunsight. And then we started walking right around that area. Gunsight starts some switchbacks and it's mm -hmm. fairly steep. Right? Yeah. It's, it was, I expected it to be a lot worse. It's not bad. It's just it's like just the elevation, you, it's elevation. Point, and then you've also got, you're only at mile eight or nine at that point. What's, so you've what's got the trailhead 20. elevation? Is that above it's 10 like or nine, is it like? No, it's like 9,000 feet. Yeah. 9, um, and Dollar Lakes at what, 10? 10, 10 right around 10. We're about so gunsight. We're about 1,000, 1,100 feet 1, of gain. In, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty mellow going in. And then we, it was just kind of like a walk, jog, hike, whatever, um, from that point really up to the summit. Summited and then killer weather. We Should could not have asked for better there's weather. There's a few different ways to get to that summit. Mm -hmm. You can take shortcuts. We went the long way. Yeah. Um, it's just easier to run that way. Down, uh, down through Painter Basin long way? Uh, no, not. we. Instead um, of going up yeah. to the. We didn't go up Anderson Pass. Anderson Pass. So yeah. we went around like. Just um, did the little. Gunsight. Shortcut from the top of Gunsight Pass over to Anderson Pass. We went, no, up, we went up, all the way down into the into basin. basin. Oh, you did? Over. Yeah. Oh. So I guess it is. I don't yeah. know the names. This is. Also, this is my first time ever going up King's Peak. I've lived here for 24 years, wow. and I've never been up King's Peak. And I work in an outdoor shop three hours from King's Peak, so yeah. I figured <laughs> I'll it was edit probably that out. a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably a good idea. So, yeah, it was my my virgin run up uh, King's Peak, nice. and it was awesome. What time did you guys summit? Um, so you left about probably seven, like six quarters. It, it took us four and a half hours to get up there. So man, that's awesome because it takes. So just put just probably eleven, well four and a half. So right around noon, probably. Yeah, just a little bit before noon. Cause like hiking in, how long does it take to get to Dollar Lake hiking? Like five hours. Yeah, it's eight miles in. So I mean, depending on how fast you hike. Usually, if you're carrying a big backpack, you're hiking two two and a half miles an hour, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So four, ish hours. Yeah. Three and a half, four. Yeah, and then you like you got to take a like a half hour lunch, you know. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So but yeah, that's pretty good, 
pretty good speed get up so to the top four, four hours, hours? It, was like yeah. f- it was like four and a half or like just over four and a half hours mm-hmm. to get up to the top and that last mile if you're familiar with it is it was a scramble i mean you don't run no nah, you don't run at all just i would like to see somebody try and run that uh, <laughs> that would be interesting but there's like know. small sections where you can sort of skip rocks yeah but yeah. for the most part it's not it's just not if you it's not smart, you know, it's really easy to <laughs> yeah. roll an ankle trying to run that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the reasons we didn't do Anderson pass. Cause we wanted to be able to run and that's just a huge, it's a, it adds more scrambling to the whole journey. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was up there one time with some scouts and one of our scouts got sick and I hiked more than once, right? <clears throat> yeah. You, I been think I've been up there a couple of times with scouts. Um, one of those times, one of our scouts got sick and one of the other leaders was heading home for work or whatever. And so he just took that, that boy home with him. And I hiked him out to the trailhead with this other leader and then turned around and carried his backpack out and then turned around and ran back in from trailhead to Dollar Lake. We were camped close to Dollar Lake. On my way out, I passed Jason DeRay. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, the DeRay the brothers. brothers yeah. They came and spoke at give that presentation here at the shop and they're just Pass, nuts. meaning he was coming in he was coming in uh-huh. so these guys are nuts they they hold the record on um on mount rainier for the fastest time car to car in like three hours or something crazy Ooh. um i mean it only took me a day and a half to do what <laughs> took them three hours um <clears throat> they've they've got the fastest time winner winter time on or i guess it wasn't technically winter but ski ascent descent on the grand teton and some other place they're just nuts anyway so i passed jason Dray as i was heading back out and then i ran back in and i was just curious what my what my splits were compared to his mm-hmm. or whatever so i i asked him like what was your split at elkhorn crossing what was your split at gunsight pass and stuff because i i felt like i was moving pretty good like i was moving pretty fast i was in pretty good shape back then and you could half my time like he was twice as fast as me at at each split really yeah wow um he ended up running it he got lost part way through and he was going for the fastest time on there and then part way through he like got off off trail and just kind of wasted some time or whatever um and i think it was his first time up there running it and he ended up so he kind of gave up on getting the record mm-hmm. and finished in only like four and a half hours or something like that round trip car, car to car oh wow. <laughs> it's just like that's crazy nuts. and um anyway i've i've done king's peak in a single push multiple times um but never running for for speed i've done it in the winter once i've done it in the spring when there was still snow and we were on snowshoes uh, and i've done it in the summer just hiking with my wife but so I've never done it for speed, and you guys did it in like seven hours. You said about um, our moving time was seven and a half hours. Seven yeah, and a half we hours. we took quite a long break at the summit. It was so nice. We expected it to be really windy, but I thought we were on the summit for 20, 25 minutes, hanging out, laid on a rock, and then we filtered water. Whenever we filtered water, like we weren't in a hurry. It was, it was not. We weren't trying to break any records, fun. but like, I think totally elapsed time. We were closer to like nine hours. Yeah. Um. So could you imagine though? four and a half hours oh cutting gosh. cutting your time in half uh, yeah how fast you'd have to be moving that's just nuts to me i got done with it and it's like i want to come back and do this and break six hours i think that's my new goal is to do yeah. six hours which would be that'd be awesome shaving a, a decent amount of time so yeah, yeah it, it was 
It's awesome. We were making really good time on the way out. Um, I think all of our bodies hurt. The other kid that was with us, Tanner, he's not a runner either. Um, we were both way out of our comfort zone, but he's a big swimmer. Um, I think he has probably like not even kidding 3% body fat at most. The kid's, <laughs> the kid's just a stick. So he's got some endurance. He just did the swim from Alcatraz or whatever a couple weeks ago. So he's in good shape, but all of our bodies hurt. Mm. And with about eight miles left, um, the girl that we were with rolled her ankle and it just kind of, we didn't want to push it anymore um, with an injured ankle. So we just kind of walked out um, and we weren't really trying. I mean, we're not trying to be heroes. So I think if we were all to go back with, with better shape, I mean, even if I, even if I had one week of training, I think I would have been able to do better than that. So but just to clarify, you had zero training, uh, official training and one day's notice basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had backpacked Monday through Thursday and then went and did this. So my body was already a little bit tired. But it was used but, to being on your feet. Yeah, so. totally. Um, all right. Well, I saw you on the summit. There's a picture with you, and you got like a, a Solomon vest on. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen you wear any tech gear like that. Uh, I yeah. see you on your bike, and you know, but normally it's just your. Uh, yeah. So how was that? It was great. The Solomon. I took the. I think it's called the Speed Five. Um, it was great. Really comfortable. I've used it. I think this is only the third time, third or fourth time I've used it. Um, it held a lot more stuff than I expected. It holds close to the body really well. Um, I have had problems with other vests where the water bottles, when they get full, they just bounce is around it just a ton. water bottles or is there a bladder? No, uh, just water bottles. I think you can you put can, a bladder in this bladder, one. Yeah. Um, but I just put a jacket back there and it fit. I mean, I had an extra pair of socks, a jacket and plenty of food and it didn't feel bad at all. Did you take any emergency stuff? Uh, that would have yeah. been smart, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the Just, kids, uh, about halfway through the round, we, we were like, does anyone have like band-aids or moleskin or anything? And he pulled out a little package that he had. But yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have taken care of all four, all three no of us. No emergency blanket. <laughs> no. No hand warmers. No. I, had, I had a jacket. Yeah, you had the wrap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wrap, Connect Plus jacket. So uh, those those Solomon vests usually come with a little, uh, a little emergency blanket. Really? In their own little pocket. It's probably it usually in the does. Vest. Yeah, it might yeah. be in the vest. So you guys could have died without, without even <laughs> realizing I, that you could have lived. Wow. Well, I'll have to check that out. But you got. So it might be in there, but I know mine came with one. And the reason why is because for some of the big races in the world, UTMB and some other things, there's some required gear. They don't allow you to race without it. And one of those things is an emergency, an emergency blanket. So Solomon usually throws one into their vest when you buy it so well i'll have to check that out oh yeah i totally had one <laughs> yeah i did of course i did brandon i wouldn't go anywhere <laughs> yeah so but. what other gear did you use i'm just looking at this picture so you had that the solomon vest yep the rab kinetic. rab jacket kinetic um, when did you put socks the kinetic yeah we wore it at the very first because it was pretty chilly in the morning uh-huh. took it off by about pretty chilly like 30s 40s um 40s yeah yeah um, took it off about a half mile in, just over half mile in because yeah. it warmed up pretty quick. And then at the summit, it was, there was times pushing the summit that was pretty chilly because it just gets really windy up mm-hmm. there. Um, so that came in really handy. I liked that. Um, I like it cause it's not, it's got a little bit of thickness to it. You know, it's not so thin. So it provides some warmth if you need it, but it's also waterproof. Um, socks I wore in gingies. Um, I, the only place I ever really get blisters when I'm running is in between my toes. 
Wow. And Injinjis have helped that. Um, was there, did you encounter any mud or water that you had to? Um, we went to filter water towards the end and I stepped in a ton of mud. <laughs> so I could have avoided it, but I accidentally stepped in it. Um, but yeah, wore the Topo um, Terraventure 2s. Mm-hmm. They were great. Really liked those. Um, what other gear? So you, I took. So, yeah, your, your B-Free? Yep, my B-Free okay. to filter water, and that was great. This is the official B-Free. Yeah, if you could <laughs> see Please it. Raise your hand. Yeah. So, yep, the Cadine B-Free water filter to filter water. Um, is that Was that the only filter between the three of you? Uh, my friend had his Sawyer Mini Squeeze, um, and I would filter four bottles in the time that he would filter his two. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, they, but his yeah, is getting old. Yeah. Um, my Cadine's even slowing down. This is the third season I've had it. Well, that's pretty impressive that you got through three seasons. Yeah, with and the I've, same filter. I've used yeah, I've used it a lot this year. And so then so. you can just swap out that filter for twenty bucks or whatever mm-hmm. and get another. I think I'm season. actually going to switch over and use a different bladder. The Cadine bladder is great, but it's not super durable. You're gonna do a bigger one. I think I'm gonna get a little bit bigger and get like a Hydro Pack. Um, bladder that just is a little more durable. Um, so the Catadine, actually, the Catadine branded one is made it's, by Hydro. It is, yeah. But it's a lighter. It's a lighter material. material. The Seeker, they have a Seeker one liter. Hydropack does. Hydropack. Um, there's also a company called Knock. I don't know if you've heard of Knock. Um, How's spelled? C N O C, I think. I my friend just told me about them. Tanner, the one that was out there, and they make a 42 millimeter wide opening that fits a Catadine filter. Oh. So I think I might try one of those out and just see how they how they work. But just, um, just looking at them online, it looks like they uh, interesting. I, I see them on like Amazon and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They, yeah, they look, so they look similar to Hydropack. They they do. He's he swears by them. A lot of through hikers swear by them. Say they're a little bit more durable than the hide the one that comes with the B free. But I, when I feel I feel like when it comes to Hydropack in general, their stuff's pretty bomber. It, so it looks almost identical. As far as like the, like on their bladders, the little top thing that slides on to the, to the top of the bladder, you know, you fold the bladder mm-hmm. over and slide the thing on the top. It looks almost identical to Hydra Pack, but. Okay. I haven't really looked into them. It's just a name that I've been, yeah, that people have nice. mentioned. So, cool. but I'll probably go with Hydra Pack since, since, uh, we carry them. I really like their stuff. I've used a lot of it. Yeah. I've, so I haven't ever had a problem. This Cadine though with. I've been putting it through the ringer lately and I noticed it has a teeny, teeny pinhole leak on the bladder now. So I think it might be time to, to retire it. Yeah. So. Cool. But three seasons with that be free though. That's not yeah, too bad. Not, not too shabby at all. Did you take headphones? Um, I did not on this one just cause I was with friends. Um, if I were to go alone, I, told, I would take I some think, aftershocks. I think the friends wouldn't have dissuade me either way. Really? Is dissuade a word? Dissuade? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dissuade. dissuade yeah. Um, like opposite of? Persuade. Yeah, to yeah. talk you out of something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I would have brought them anyway. Like, just because I like, every, yeah. I, I am very social with my close friends and mm-hmm. running. I think I would have maybe not even used them, but I, there are times <laughs> where there. it's like, I maybe like emotionally or physically when you start, when I personally start to tire, that a good song in my headphones can like push me through to like, all right, let me, these last three miles are going to suck. So oh, I'm totally. put my headphones in and roll. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I would, um, I'm curious to know, you know, it, headphones are a cri- like, I, I try so many different kinds. I, I just, I, like, what are your favorites? Cause I, 
I cannot find a pair that I love that stays in my freaking ear that doesn't have cords bouncing and doing all the whole thing. Yeah. I wish I could wear because I love podcasting at a giant over the head <laughs> yeah. ear, ear, you know what I mean? Like yeah. headphones on long distance anything. But yeah. but it's not practical. I've I've been using the aftershocks um Trex Air. Mm-hmm. The this is my second year using those. I love them. They're a bone conduction headphone so they don't go in your ear. Really nice for road biking because you can hear what's going on around. If the car's going to hit you, you hear it a little bit before it hits you, you know. <laughs> um, trail running, you can hear other runners. You can hear the mountain bikers with their bells going. The moose. Um, the moose, yeah. You So you can hear what's going on around you, but you also hear your music pretty clear, and they don't fall out. Um, I mean, they, they're on. Yeah. They, they wrap around your head. They wrap around, yeah. Um, they're great. I love them. We sell them in the shop, and they fly off the shelves. We've had a really, really good customer feedback a battery life's i think it's around eight hours so it's bluetooth good. bluetooth yep and uh, how far away from your phone can you be uh i don't know i've like 32 miles could you leave your phone at the car and you leave run your phone at the car? yeah you could try yeah. i don't think you'll hear anything uh, <laughs> but no because the only other thing i've ran into was at the gym actually if i if i just because i don't like carrying my phone around but if i put it in my bag and leave the bag on the one side of the gym and i go to the other side of the gym to use a lift weights use an apparatus or something and then it starts cutting out it's like the most annoying thing yeah, yeah. You, you should be good um i mean i've had mine uh like upstairs in the shop and i'll be down here and i can hear it um okay. but it can get spotty at times i think yeah. it just depends on what's between you and your phone that's a bluetooth thing i don't know yeah i've also heard that uh random side note that bluetooth is the most hackable software out there oh really so mm-hmm. if you're just streaming music you're probably fine but if you're this is what the article said but if you're like transferring data bluetooth it's a bad idea uh, interesting that's good to know. i will stop doing that yeah, i need to stop <laughs> doing wire transfers via <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh i should have known this forever ago yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I transfer millions. <laughs> yeah, million yeah, every, every day. Every it day, doesn't so. seem to slow you down, so you're probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's well, a couple million yeah. lost? So any advice for anyone first time besides tra- uh, train? Yeah, train. Uh, yeah, <laughs> running kings or a long mountain run uh, as far as in general maybe and, and gear? Um, I think... Uh, it's hard to say cause I'm not super experienced with it. Well, like having the first time you've ever having, done Yeah. It, that was, I mean, 30 miles is the longest I've ever ran. 30, yeah. Um, 20, 20, just over 29. So, um, learn how to get out of the pain cave and be comfortable in the pain cave. You know, that's where you thrive. Um, I, Without I th- injuring yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Permanently. always have a good rain jacket. I think that's like a, a packable rain jacket. It'll provide warmth if you need it. It'll keep you out of the rain. Um, an extra pair of socks isn't always a bad idea. If your socks get wet, it's nice to change it. Or, um, if they're just soaking up so much sweat, you know, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, and just like a teeny little first aid kit. Did anybody didn't use gators? Like trail gators? Running no. Gators? And I don't feel like I needed it on this run at all. Um, it wasn't very sandy. No, it's pretty rocky. So, actually. yeah, it's really rocky. So, but that's definitely something to pay attention to the train you're going to run in. Um, I actually... I was telling Greg right before this, I think I'm going to run the, I'm like 99.9% sure I'm going to run the uh, Dead Horse Ultra in November. So it gives me 11 weeks, which is, 
I think plenty of time to train. Wow, you but could it's run a sandy miles. oh two at least. <laughs> it's a really sandy course, so I know I'm going to be using gators on that one. Would so paying attention to where you're going, definitely gators are important. Yeah, and and run with them before test them out before you do that because, um, and then would you? run kings in the same shoes again or do you prefer something that has a better uh rock plate or something because it's I, pretty rock i thought they were great okay. they did a really good job they do have a, a decent rock plate in them um <clears throat> if you want to if you i guess you're trying to go fast and like i don't know maybe yeah, you want to go like for the fkt um Stiffer and narrow, like ultras are great, but I would not go, I wouldn't wear an ultra on that personally. And I know other people that have said the same exact thing since it is pretty rocky, even, even just from the trail to Dar Lake, there's some Malik three to eight is pretty rocky. Mm -hmm. And if some people will totally disagree with me, but I think a more aggressive fit is going to get you farther. It's going to save your ankle. Um, more if you're, if you have a lot of movement up front, personally, I would not have liked that. I had a pair of ultras that I was going to run didn't take them and i'm really glad i didn't take them the topo was just enough there's movement up front but not too much movement so i would err on the side of more aggressive for this run um especially up top when you're doing that scramble you want to have a pretty locked in fit on your shoe um since you are you need really good footing a rolled ankle on that will take you out of the whole run right so, so with that said did anybody have take poles um no we did not uh and I, I thought about it, and I'm glad I didn't. I didn't feel like I really needed them. Um, I, I mean, I take poles for everything because there have been so many times where I've I'm pro gotten, pole. gotten injured, and that pole that was got what, me out. what saved you. Yeah. So and that's pretty much what it, it's I, like a backup device. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I, I use poles every time I go backpacking, regardless. Yeah. Um, this one I didn't. I, I'm not against it at all. Do I think it's a great idea. I have a pair of carbon poles, yeah um foldable yeah they're they're a collapsible pole it's not a z pole um it it definitely wouldn't have would have been a good idea to bring them um if my it bands would have been pooped out like they have in the past i think it would have been thankful to have them but my right. body was they did good enough worked out i know that when i've done king's peak and i get up close to anderson pass when crossing a lot of rocks and stuff like that having some poles helps me move a little faster mm -hmm. saves my ankles saves some energy and when the going gets steep, it's kind of nice to have some poles yeah. for the up and the down. You're a little fitter than I am. You're about 35 pounds lighter probably <laughs> than I am. Um, so maybe poles are necessary for me and not for you. I don't know. But I do. I, I pretty much always take poles with me. Yeah. badass though, Chase. Nice job. Yeah. That was Thank that's exciting. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. And I just was thought, you know he probably could do it. He's in pretty good shape. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, he, he <laughs> made it back. I was like, I was so stoked when I saw you posted that. That's yeah. It, the other two, though, they were champs as well. I, I think we all helped each other kind of kind of push. So it wasn't just me. There's two others out there that, that crushed A swimmer well. who's also not a runner. Mm-hmm. And then you're a runner. A runner. So that's good. Yeah. So. Nice job. Thank you. It was okay. a lot of fun. Cool. All righty. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast today. And um, if you'd like to follow Chase, what's your Instagram? Uh, it's Chase Moffett, M-O-F-F-E-T-T, -T, all put together. Two F's, two T's. Yep. Just at Chase Moffett. Yep. <clears throat> oh, cool. If you want to follow Chase and his adventures, we were 
just mentioned before the show, Brandon said, man, this has been the summer of Chase. And that's true because <laughs> I don't think he's made it through a single week here. <laughs> here, like You're probably right. <laughs> you, you've just been off on some adventure somewhere and you get home and like three days later, you're off on the next adventure and stuff. So It's pretty awesome. It is cool. Yeah. It's fun to kind of live vicariously through you. <laughs> um, but cool. So He's got a book coming out. It's called Live Through the Chase. <laughs> That's a good. I like wow. that. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I am now. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna write it. I don't know what it's okay. gonna contain, but I'll write it. <laughs> um, also, you can follow Gear Thirty at Gear underscore Three Zero on Instagram, and like us on Facebook, and visit our website Gear Thirty dot com, spelled out G E A R T H I R T Y dot com. And check out our deals of the week. And also, Bryden, our fellow Gear 30 employees, still hiking the CDT. He's doing dispatches, um, updating us, and that's on the blog. So Also, yesterday I put on the story how Chase eats lunch at Gear 30. So had you been following us, you would know. Yeah, that's unfortunate that you guys missed that. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, really it was great. So, um, so, yeah, that's the show for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. See you out there.